This is Wildfire, the B2B Under 30 podcast on MarketScale. Here, B2B's youngest stars share the ideas, concepts, and innovations that are catching fire in the fastest growing markets. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Who's the most important player on a football team? The quarterback? The running back? Maybe the whole defensive line? But what about the department's graphic designer? They're often the MVP behind the scenes that helps set a team's brand, image, and style. For fans, the perfect logo and merch design can create exposure, loyalty, buzz, atmosphere, and everyone's favorite, attendance. But graphic design can even be a deciding factor, whether consciously or subconsciously, for convincing recruits to join the team. On today's sports and entertainment episode of Wildfire, we're joined by Brett Gemmis, Director of Creative Content for UNT's Athletic Department. His journey into the industry was a combination of a love for sports and a passion for art, and he's turned that passion into insight on the power of graphic design for a team, trends in sport design, how he's standing out among his peers, and even giving some hot takes on UNT's football season. Brett, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well. How about yourself? I'm great. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Uh, You know, I'm excited to dive into graphic design. It's a profession we haven't explored yet on Wildfire. You know, we've had uh, had people from retail, from fashion, from music publications, people in the ed tech space. But now we're uh, we're kind of circling back to something a little artsier um, and finding sort of a utilitarian use for that art. So I'm excited to dive in. And before we get there, I need your one sentence pitch on why you love graphic design well i think uh you know that's that's definitely a you know a loaded question but i think for me personally you know i think i love graphic design because of the fact that it's always changing um there's always going to be something that you can do as a designer that um you know that that kind of test your own limits but also try something different there's always going to be something that you can do to get better um, it's one of those p- professions um, that definitely it's always changing. So whether it be the kind of software that you use, the ideas, the trends, whatever the case may be, um, there's always going to be something that you can try to better yourself with. Um, you know, I think for me, I've, 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 I got a pretty good hold on, you know, static graphics, but I want to try to get into like animated stuff, some, some motion graphics, video stuff. So, so there's always going to be something that I could be learning. And, you know, I think that, uh, having a, you know, being in a profession that there's really no peak for what you can learn. I think that's really, uh, you know, really motivating on a day-to-day basis. Wow. Love it. That's uh, I mean, that's a long one sentence, but <laughs> I I appreciate the passion for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, let's dive right in. Um, I want to know more about your story as a graphic designer. Uh, you know, when you decided you wanted to pursue graphic design, did that come from a lifelong love for the art? Um, and since you're in graphic design, more. For an athletic department, um, you know, on on sort of a, a sports side of things, did that come from a love of sports too, or was it a combination of both? What what's your story, your journey into graphic design? Yeah, so um, for me, you know, there's always been two big passions within my life. Uh, one of them has been sports, and one of them has been art. Um, you know, I grew up in a very competitive family. 
Um, there's there's actually no females on my dad my dad's side of the family for um, you know for five generations, and I think just having a very kind of you know being around a lot of uh, just in a very kind of masculine competitive uh, environment that kind of fed into you know how I you know how I grew up uh, you know around sports. It was always like I was competing with with my brothers. We always had different games that we were playing against each other. We all played football, basketball, baseball, you know, year round and stuff. And both of our parents were always going to, to each other's games and whatnot. So it was a never ending thing with, uh, with sports for me. Um, and then, but then what was something that was kind of unique within my family was that I was, uh, always pretty good at art. I was always good at drawing and painting and I always loved doing it. And so, um, you know, kind of growing up, that was, I was always, you know, drawing football, players, basketball players, baseball, whatever the case may be. Um, and just kind of experimenting, you know, with a, a lot of different art avenues. Now, fast forward into high school. Um, you know, I think I knew by my junior year that I was, um, you know, a little, uh, a little too banged up with injuries and a little undersized to play at the, at a high collegiate level for football. So I was like, you know what, I gotta, I gotta really look into, um, you know, life after football. What's, what's going to be my career right. path? What's going to be my major, you know, what school am I going to go to, whatever the case. And so, um, my, uh, you know, my, I have a lot of history despite growing up in a little town called Thienesville, Wisconsin. Um, I have a lot of history, um, family history with Clemson university. Um, Dad, uncle, grandfather all played football there. So when it came time to, um, you know, to look for schools, Clemson was definitely high on my list. But, you know, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, so while I'm touring all these different schools and checking out what each one has to offer me, I remember I was on a tour of Marquette University in Milwaukee with my mom. And she, um, you know, we were kind of talking about what kind of major I want to do. And me not really knowing what I wanted to do, I thought that I would maybe pursue dentistry or biomedical engineering and stuff like that, knowing full well <laughs> that's that... A, that's a pretty complete departure. Oh, yeah. It's, and that's the, that's the thing in my mind, you know, at least with dentistry, I was like, okay, you know, I'm good at art. I'm good with working with my hands and, you know, dentistry. It's, you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty good at, at anatomy and all this other stuff. I'm like, maybe I can do something there. And no, not, not, not the case. I'm, I'm not that great with science and math. So I was just, you know, I, I, I clearly didn't know what I, what I wanted to do at that point, but it was on that tour that my mom said, you know, you've always been very good at art. You've always loved it. Why don't you look at graphic design? And I didn't really know anything about graphic design at that point, especially from a professional standpoint. You know, I think I, I've, I kind of viewed art at that time as like the only way you're going to be um, you're going to make any money or any kind of career off of art is by being an artist. And, you know, always hearing that whole starving artist term, you know, I was always kind of scared off by that. So I thought that I would only be able to have that as a hobby and not really a career path. And so, um, you know, I, I kind of asked my mom a few questions about it and then started doing research on it. And then lo and behold, I, I've actually find out that Clemson University has one of the better graphic communication programs in the country. So I was like, oh my God, you know, this is, this is perfect. This is match made in heaven. Right. So when I, uh, you know, eventually got accepted into Clemson, started going over there, um, you know, I knew right away I wanted to be a graphic comm major. Um, but it wasn't until my, um, my sophomore year, I remember I was, I was literally walking out of the Orange Bowl after Clemson had just beaten Ohio State in the Orange Bowl in 2014, that um, one of my contacts that I had within um, uh, our, uh, the booster club over there he, we saw each other and kind of caught up a little bit, talked about the game, but then he, he, uh, mentioned to me, he's like, Hey, just to let you know, there's a, there's a job opening, uh, within the football team. And I was, you know, 
thinking that it was an equipment manager kind of position because my brother had been an equipment manager for Baylor University for four years. So that was that was kind of his way of staying close to football despite not being able to play it. And I knew I wanted to do something like that, too. So that was the first thing that kind of rang in my head. But then he's like, no, it's actually a graphic designer position. And I had zero point. I mean, this is 2014, so not too long ago. I had zero idea that there was um, that you could really effectively utilize graphic design for a football team. So I didn't really know too much about the position going in. I, I go over there, meet my eventual boss, and he kind of shows me around, talks to me about the, the operation that they have within their recruiting department and how graphic design is utilized um, as a very strong and effective tool for uh, for recruiting purposes and started the the very next day. And, you know, that was kind of, you know, me stepping through the threshold with uh, into this whole industry of sports design within college athletics. Wow. Wow. That is quite the journey. Yeah. You almost made your way into dentistry. Could I know. You <laughs> thank, thank God. I think I thank God every day that, you know, that my mom was was with me and kind of pointed me on to that graphic design uh, profession. You know, had, had she not mentioned that yeah. to me, I don't know if I would have found it on my own and, you know, be, yeah. be a struggling dentist right now. Right, right. <laughs> with 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 dreams of designing uh, the art that goes on the walls of, of his practice. Exactly, exactly. I'm Amazing. right there with you. <laughs> so when you found that role, which was a bit of a combo of art and business, did you find that combination um, difficult or, you know, like basically finding a utilitarian purpose for something that is creative and soulful expression uh, was that something that was difficult for you? Uh, for me personally, it really wasn't that difficult because I think I had always viewed um, what a brand is through the lens of athletics. Um, I think, you know, always being I, I was always really into like uniforms and the color schemes and, you know, everything that you kind of see on a game day. But like just everything that really made that that experience and that wasn't just the game that was everything leading up to it the posters you'd get the posters that you'd have like autographed you know by the players and stuff um the uniforms the colors like i said but then you know stuff that you'd see up on the jumbo screen you know all that kind of stuff not to mention while you're watching a sport and listening to the coaches the players and you know all the you know the hype videos all that kind of stuff you get a really good sense and and feel for what the what the brand is and so to kind of have all that knowledge and all of that, you know, experience kind of wrapped up in your brain, in your brain, you were able, I was able to kind of put what I thought, you know, that you know, a specific brand, Clemson, North Texas, whatever, um, whatever kind of knowledge that I had about that, I was able to kind of put through, um, you know, uh, on, on, onto, onto a graphic and onto the, the stuff that I make to, to really stay within the grant, the, um, the brand guidelines and really just try to make sure that everything is well-rounded. It stays, um, stays consistent and, uh, but it's also fresh at the same time. Yeah, definitely. And how did you manage to find that flow of something being fresh and original in all your art, but also focused on an end goal on helping brand, a uh, an entire team, uh, an entire school, really, you know, really creating that vibe for a community. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the unique thing with this position was, um, you know, there's a lot of a, a lot of different creative positions, graphic design positions, especially that are popping up in in college athletics. And um, sometimes you have to follow in somebody's footsteps. Sometimes somebody has been at that position for X number of years and then they left to go to a different school. 
And so that precedent was set that, you know, he or she left off at that school. With North Texas, um, when I uh, graduated Clemson, North Texas was just creating this position. So there was no precedent that um, that was set before me. There was no one's you know footsteps I had to follow or anything. So the position was very unique in that sense where whoever stepped into that role was um, was able to really shape what the, the visual aspects of the brand are and, you know, continue to be. And so, um, you know, that's what really intrigued me about this kind of position was that I'd be the one that really sets the tone with, um, you know, the social graphics, the, the marketing collateral, the posters, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, I thought it was a, a very, very exciting uh, opportunity. So I was able to, for the last, you know, the first several months of the position, I was kind of given just free range to try anything. Um, but knowing full well that I wanted to eventually um, create a look and feel for the North Texas brand. And then that's once I had that look kind of down pat after a bunch of different trials, um, then, you know, I, I wanted to pick that that look and really stay consistent with that. And so once I eventually did, which honestly wasn't too long ago, um, you know, then I've, I've been kind of working within that look, but also trying to make sure everything that I make is, is new and fresh. It doesn't follow templates. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't do anything like that where it's plug and chug or anything, because although that might save you time for me, it, it kind of, it kind of diminishes the fun in, in what I do, but it also, you know, from like a, from a, a viewer's perspective of that work, they might see it and be like, Oh, you know, I, I saw something very similar to that just last week. So I want to make sure that everything that I produce is 100% fresh. It's new. Um, and you know, you try to use different ideas and, and different styles all while working within the, the look and the feel that you've created. And it is kind of a fine line, but you know, there, there are definitely ways to do it and, uh, to do it in a very, uh, fun and cool way. Definitely. So what has been that look for you uh, when you decided or, you know, when you got this position and you were now in charge of creating the look for UNT, what were some of the specific things you wanted to bring to the table? You know, talk to me a bit about some of your intentional design choices and why you made them. I think uh, with with North Texas, you know, it was it was such a, a it's a unique school because, you know, you're in Dallas. You're in the DFW area, you know, Denton specifically, obviously, but DFW um, in general. And there's a lot of different schools just in the DFW area that you got to compete with. You know, SMU, TCU, you know, you go outside of it. You got Rice, you got Texas, Texas Tech. I mean, you know, there's a lot of schools within just the state of Texas that uh, that you have to that you have to fight with. And so, um, you know, the first thing that I, you know, noticed, I guess, about the the North Texas brand is, is green. I mean, we're the mean green. That's in our name. That's our nickname, you know? So there's, uh, there's something very unique to that where you see, obviously, you know, Texas is burnt orange, TCU, purple, purple and black, Baylor, green and gold, you know, SMU blue and red. But we have a very unique color scheme with that, you know, that vibrant green. And so that was the first thing that I really wanted to kind of play with was, you know, really trying to, trying to set the tone with the color scheme. So, you know, I, I tried a lot of different, you know, all green graphics, maybe stuff with white to, to, you know, like a white background and using green, you know, kind of subtly and whatnot. But I eventually landed on, um, I think the, if, if you look at some of my work, I think I really like working with a, a dark background, a dark surrounding 
with, uh, you know, green and kind of glows of white and stuff like that in there, because I think it just really brings out the vibrancy uh, of the, the, the color green that we've got. And so, you know, that's kind of been the look and feel um, from a color perspective. But then, you know, from a design aspect, there's a, you know, there's certain pieces of software that every designer is going to get their hands on. Um, for me, it's a couple different plugins that I have on my computer. And uh, I got them while I was at Clemson, but was able to, to really kind of play around with them during my time there. And uh, just also in my free time as kind of like a freelancer. And, you know, there's, there's a couple settings on there that I really like using. And, you know, it, it almost, it's almost like where it doesn't matter what the brand is, it, that, that kind of setting is kind of a universal thing. So um, I really wanted to, to utilize that to the best of my abilities. And um, so I always, I always include, you know, some, some plug-in stuff um, that, that in, into my work. And it's kind of a, a somewhat of a grungy, grainy look to it, but it also um, really um, brings out the definition of, of a subject that you apply it to. And so um, I think, you know, using that or, along with some of the, the lighting and, you know, color um, aspects of, of the software, I think I've, I found a pretty good balance in what I want. And, you know, it, it allows a lot of a lot of creativity, but it also allows a lot of consistency. Yeah, I love the way that technology can empower art like that. Um, I mean, just the the many, many times I've been trying to create a video or create a podcast or something and there's some magic plugin that fixes exactly what I needed or or creates that image that I had in my head. It's pretty incredible. Uh it, I yeah, I I love it. Yeah, definitely. No, it's 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 a plugin and it's it's one of those things too where you got a lot of different options. I just found this one one of, you know, hundreds of different options that that plugin uh supplies and you know, I'm right. I've had a lot of fun with it and you know, definitely you know, thankfully, I was able to find it because doing it manually within Photoshop, it, it can't quite be done without, you know, wasting about two hours trying to just get the look down pat. So to sure. be able to do it in a click of a button, you know, it's definitely a definitely a nice feature of it, too. So the next thing I wanted to touch with you on is I know that right now you're the only graphic designer in the entire athletic department at UNT, which must be cool because you get so much creative <laughs> control over the product, but also yeah. uh, quite stressful, I imagine. So... <laughs> I want to know, you know, I, I'm sure when you entered the role, maybe you didn't realize exactly how many people would be asking you for projects on a daily basis. And all of a sudden now you were swamped with project after project. It's like, oh, how am I going to do all this? How did you find a way to manage your time? Uh, and I guess like what, what did you learn from that experience and being able to pump out consistent quality art that meets not only an artistic standard, but a brand standard, and then also doing that quickly, efficiently, you know, like meeting deadlines within the week. Talk to me about that process because I think, uh, I think people could learn a lot from that. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it can definitely get pretty stressful. Um, you know, there's, it's always a, it's a 24 or seven kind of job, 365, you know, you, you sometimes think, and I still think to myself that there's going to be a kind of a down period and off season. Uh, but you know, there never is. Um, right. so obviously, you know, having a bunch of projects on, on deck is going to be, you know, it, it, it can cause stress and, you know, it, it can make you feel kind of, you know, just really overwhelmed at some points. But, um, you know, I think for, for me, it, it does give you, um, you know, being the, the lead on that, we do have a couple interns, thankfully that work in our marketing department and they help out with a lot of the graphic design work. And we just recently, um, uh, got a couple interns hired and that's been a, they've been a very big help. And, 
the day-to-day operations over there. Um, but still, you know, I'm, I'm still, if there's a graphic design request that needs to be done, you know, I'm the guy that they go to. Right. And so to, to be able to, um, have that kind of, a you know, a, an overlook of the entire department, athletically speaking, um, it, you know, it, it's a lot, but for me, um, you know, it does give me kind of a, a look at, at which ones, which projects are of the utmost importance, the highest priority. And so everyone's going to come to you with, you know, this is a, you know, I need this ASAP. I need this, you know, it's highest priority, you know, whatever the case is. It's like, right. you know, dude, I, I hear that from 10 different people just today. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where you kind of, you, you got to lay out the projects. You got to see what the intended purpose is for each project, any deadlines, strict deadlines associated with them. And then you just kind of got to roll with the punches that way, because it does give you an oversight at, at, you know, which of our operations is kind of, you know, truly of the highest priority. You know, is it, is it this coach's message that they want to get out for softball or is it this this thing that's going to increase sales revenue? Is it going to be, you know, it's it's that kind of stuff. So you do have to kind of, you know, look at it as the, um, you know, as kind of the leader right there and really make the decision on which project are you going to dedicate your your time at that very second. And so, you know, I, how, I think I've how, been able to... How do you to- normally choose that? How do you find the project that is going to be the highest priority is it typically by sport is it by the person that asked you you know if it's someone higher up it's like okay well i got to do this one first um and do you feel like the way that you prioritize your projects is pretty consistent with the way most graphic designers at athletic departments also prioritize yeah it's it's actually it's a lot of different things that factor into that decision um i think who asked for it is definitely a, a big factor um you know sometimes i'll get a a request from, you know, I'm not going to throw any, right. throw anyone's name or position <laughs> yeah, we, out we, there, but um, we don't need names here. <laughs> we don't need to throw anyone under the bus. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things where usually, you know, somebody like, um, our, our athletic director or assistant athletic director, if they give me a request, um, in the midst of other people, coaches included, if they have requests on the table as well, you know, I'll typically, um, pick, you know, the, the athletic director or the, uh, or the, uh, assistant athletic directors uh, request first just because typically they need uh, that kind of stuff very it's a, usually a quicker turnaround time and it's all they only come to me for very high priority things so you know that definitely factors into it but you also got to look at the deadlines as well um sometimes you'll get the you know the oh crap graphics where you get informed about it and then at the very end of their their briefing on it they need it in 20 minutes and it's right. because of a certain reason it's not just because they want it in 20 minutes because there's there's an actual deadline with it and so, you know, you got to weigh that and, you know, obviously with with us being very close to football um, season uh, kicking off right now, you know, there's a lot of football requests going out right now. And some of them have deadlines associated with the conference and different kind of, you know, you know, media purposes and stuff like that. So, I mean, there's honestly like a bunch of different reasons that factor into which project am I going to dedicate my time to right here and now. Um, but it is, you know, you just kind of, you got to have a balance with it because if you know that there's going to be a project that you can get done in, um, like, you know, 10 to 15 minutes and it needs to be out sooner versus a project that it's going to take a lot more time and a lot more dedicate, uh, a lot more, uh, detail oriented and stuff like that. But maybe the deadline's not due until, you know, a- another week or two, then, okay, I'm going to handle that 10 to 15 minute graphic out of the way. So I don't forget about it later on and then miss the deadline and, and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's a constant balance. I, I really wish there was a, a straightforward answer, right. but as long as, you know, as long as you just stay organized with it, I've always got my, 
my projects written up on my whiteboard and make sure that I have, you know, who, who asked for it and when they need it by written down right alongside it. As long as you got that, any kind of maybe, you know, other organizational tactics that you, that someone would have like color coding or, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, as long as you just stay organized, then the feeling of being overwhelmed never enters my mind. You know, I've always got to beat on what projects I, I have to do for the day and which ones, you know, can, can wait a little bit longer, which ones have to be out, you know, immediately, stuff like that. So, you know, it's a, as long as you just stay organized, you're always going to be good to go. And yeah, if only, if only it was that simple. Yeah, just stay organized. You know, oh gosh, that yeah. I have tried and, so many times and things still come crashing down. But no, I mean, what, I know. what, what you laid out is, um, is pretty essential for any kind of creative project. It's being able to understand that sometimes things are going to come at you out of the blue mm -hmm. and you are going to have to solve them out of the blue as well. And whether that means, you know, putting some other things aside or shuffling priorities, it's being nimble, being able to take a deep breath, not get mm -hmm. too caught up in the stress. Yeah, no, I, I totally understand. And, and, and with that too, you got to, you got, it's a two-way communication street because right. They might, you know, whoever's asking you of this stuff, they might have a quick turnaround time on it, but you gotta be, you have to communicate to them like, okay, that's, that's fine. I hear you. I understand you, but you also need to know that I've got, you know, projects A, B, C, and D on the table that need to go out first. Right. And not to mention the project that you're asking for, you might want it done in like a 30 minute time frame. Guess what? It's going to take me about two hours to make it. So you just got to right. communicate with, with them because they don't, I always say that they, they don't need to know how to work the software, but they do, they do need to know how the software works. And there's never going to be some kind of a magic button that just does everything that they want in, you know, in, in a two minute span, you know, there's right. every little thing. So much as even changing text or the layout in general, you know, that can be a, anywhere from a 15 to an hour long, a 15 minute or hour, hour long project. So, you know, as long as you just kind of communicate with them, the, you know, some other things that you might have to attend to first, you know, the reasons why, whatever the case, um, you know, that that definitely helps everything um, in, in the long run because then everyone's on the same page and there's never going to be any kind of a, you know, any kind of a, a bad outcome that way. As long as you communicate it, you're always good. Yeah, exactly. Communication is definitely key. All right, so we're going to take a really quick break, but when we come back, I want to chat with you a little bit more about the industry of graphic design as a whole and how you feel it's really impacted the sports world. I feel like, you know, graphic design is one of those things that blends in and when it does i think you've done your job well but it's so essential to setting that tone and i'd love to know more about some specific cases when your graphic design has paid off to get unt better cooler more excited players so we'll be right back Okay, so one of the last things I want to hit on with you is more of just an industry-specific thing. Um, you know, I think graphic design, especially in athletic departments, has become so integral. Um, and this is something that I think has risen very recently. I mean, I guess in the, in the scheme of athletic departments, right? Now that technology is sort of at the point where you can streamline a lot of this stuff... 
the brand, the image, everything is becoming so linked and graphic designers are in high demand. Um, you know, what kind of trends have you seen in the graphic design industry? How have you seen the importance of a graphic designer go up and up over the years? Yeah, I think the the most blatant thing that I that I um observed really just within the last um the last year is the fact that athletic departments have really stopped um seeing graphic design as, you know, a nice commodity to have, but it's not an essential. They've they've completely switched their their gears and they I mean, it's viewed as a necessity now. Um there's a lot of different athletic departments out there that are um currently not just investing in a graphic designer, but they they invest in a specific kind of designer. I mean, they're forming teams of these guys. Um, there's in some of these teams they they have uh, a specific person for static graphics, for motion graphics, for animation, for video, for all the, for social media, all this kind of stuff. And um, you know, I think that that's really only uh, taken place within the last year. Um, when I started working within this industry as a student intern at Clemson back in 2014, um, you know, there was a few schools out there that was, that were kind of the leaders. Um, you know, I, I know that Texas, Alabama, Ohio state, they all had, um, some, some pretty good stuff, Oregon as well. Um, but then, you know, what we started doing at Clemson was really utilizing what the people that we had and the technology that we had. At that time, Vine was a very big, yes. um, a, you know, it was, it was the new, the new thing. That was the new social media thing. And it, I mean, it took off like a storm. And so we utilized Vine. that. Yeah, I know. Right. I, dude, I miss it. It was great times. But, um, but no, we actually, we utilized that from, um, especially for the, for the football team and, um, you know, the, the six second quick hitters that we made, you know, of, of stuff that was happening during the game, before the game, and then in the locker room, like for celebrations and stuff it really gave you a glimpse into the program from a, a perspective that was never really seen before. And so that really took off, um, you know, from, from our athletics, uh, our athletic department. And in addition to that, what we were doing as, uh, as designers, um, for, for recruits, you know, it was, it was different, you know, it was, it was, it was very innovative in a lot of ways too, because at that time, you know, you'd see somebody with a, a cool picture, a message and text and, you know, maybe a couple filters on it. It's like, sweet. You got, you know, stamp the, the right. brand on it and send it off. But what we did w was me and the, the two other designers in there, we were really trying to push ourselves and trying to kind of take it a different route and not just doing something that's so, you know, poetic and very, you know, it's, it's so, you know, it, it's almost as if it rhymed every, every piece that you make it, it rhymed with the last one. And so we, we really tried to think outside the box and try to, you know, gain the attention of recruits in a different way. I mean, I know that one of our uh, more popular graphics at that time was we took a, a, a portrait of an astronaut and basically just in Photoshop chopped off dude's head and slapped the head of, of one of our recruits on there and put a, a Clemson paw on his shoulder on the actual like, the astronaut uniform and sent it away. It didn't have a message to it, but it was something very unique. It was it was pretty funny, honestly, at the time. And that got so much traction from the recruits. They were tweeting it out there, loving it and everything. And the whole mindset that we had was we're going to make the recruit remember who sent them this kind of stuff. Right. And, you know, th at the end of the day, when they see that it was that there there's that Clemson paw on there, you know, that's that sticks in their brain and stuff. And so, um, you know, we really tried to utilize graphics, um, not just as a, a means of communication, but a, a way to communicate our story and kind of our 
our overall attitude, you know, what, you know, about football and, you know, just, it's, it's obviously very serious, very intense, but there's always room for fun in there as well. And so, um, I think, you know, we, at, at, you know, at that time that was really starting to be utilized by, by schools and a lot of schools have started picking up on, on the different trends and, and stuff like that, associating with social, with social media stuff, with pop culture, with, you know, everything that you can, that you can see at the, at, at your fingertips now and really try to communicate, um, to, to recruits differently. And that's really brought out the best in a lot of the designers across the country. Um, you know, there's, there's just so much that you can try. Um, you know, album cover remakes are, are always a popular thing, movie stuff. Um, so those are always the kind of the easy things to go to, but also utilizing graphics in, in a way where you kind of, you use something that um you see every day like your phone or your computer screen and try to take different kind of screenshots but maybe edit them a little bit to personalize them and stuff like that so um you know i I think a lot of athletic departments have really taken notice of that and they're really investing a lot of money and a lot of time and effort into making sure that they have the best creative staff on hand because now it's almost like a new form of competition was brought out from this it's not just what you do on the playing field, but it's also how you communicate what you're doing on the playing field through social media and through other outlets as well. And so, you know, it's, it's definitely the, the best time to be a part of an industry like this because, um, you know, it's still, it's still fairly new. It's still, you know, it's very fresh, but it's always changing. And now it's gotten to the point where competition has been brought out. And so now people are really pushing each other to try to make the best new graphic, the best new video, you know, the, you know, all that kind of stuff to really just gain the attention of not just recruits and their own fan base, but to people on a national scale to really just get their brand out there and say, you know, hey, we're North Texas, you know, you know, hey, we're so-and-so, whatever the case, um, you know, we're, we're really trying to, to, to push for that new thing that's going to get the, the most likes, shares and retweets. And, you know, it's, it, it's fun. And you haven't seen that before. I love how you mentioned that this has become a huge tool for recruitment. Have you really noticed graphic design being one of those extra factors that gets a player interested in a team? And I mean, like, have you really seen, like, give me a tangible example of, wow, you know, a player saw this design, saw this thing, it really made them want to come and check out our program more. Then once they actually saw the program, they were convinced. Yeah. And, uh, I've got, I mean, I've got really two examples. Once again, they both came back, uh, from Clemson, <laughs> you know, I was, I was just a recruit. I was just a, a designer, um, for within just recruiting. So that's, you know, at North Texas, I do all the stuff. Um, but for Clemson, I was just recruiting graphics. So I was, I had a lot of experiences, uh, from the recruiting side of, of athletics there. So that's why I'm, I'm hitting you with a lot of, <laughs> a lot of, uh, Clemson examples, but two in my mind that kind of stick out. Um, one of them I took, um, you know, I, I've mentioned before trying to, trying to personalize stuff, uh, personalize graphics based off of things that you see in your everyday life. Well, I, um, pulled up my email on my computer screen and just took a screenshot of the entire, of the entire screen. And so you saw the apps down below in the dock, you saw the email pulled up and, you know, who was sending me emails, all that kind of stuff. But I, uh, photoshopped out the names and, you know, uh, the emails that were written and all that kind of stuff. But I kept the the email format and all I did was, you know, I, I, I went back and, you know, made sure I knew which fonts, you know, the, the email app was using. So it looked 100% authentic, 
but I typed in on the left side where you see who sent you the emails. Um, I typed in very famous uh, football players from from Clemson's past. So I had like at that time I had like Sammy Sammy Watkins, C.J. Spiller, DeAndre Hopkins, you know, William the Refrigerator Perry, all these guys that were sending emails to this one person. And then when you click when you had the the email that was you were reading. It had um, in the the top portion of it, like in the send to part, it was to to Dabo Sweeney's uh, email address, and so I I had all these um, emails on the left side that were talking about like you, you got to check out this player so and so or his number or whatever the case, and I made it all personal like that, and then in the email itself, I had a picture of whatever the recruit was. We would interchange the the pictures and the names. So we could send it out to like 80 different people, but have it all be personalized. Sure. And so the email, the email had like their own picture in it. And then some kind of tagline, like, you know, you got to recruit this kid high priority. He's, he's game changer, man. And it was sent to, you know, to coach Sweeney from so-and-so like CJ Spiller or something. And they'd see that it was their picture on it. And so we sent that graphic to all the recruits and we had, I mean, like half of them respond back to us asking if that was legitimately his email. Uh, coach sweeney's email that was written up and that was like a, sc- a screenshot from it it's like no it was actually a graphic but you know it was they were so interested in that and they they were so excited like oh my god like all these people that are big time at, at in clemson's history they're all talking about me and so it was it was a real attention grabber for those guys and you know a lot of them that we sent it to ended up you know they were they were uh, you know it wasn't because of the graphic or anything like that but they did end up coming uh coming to clemson and then I think the most, um, I think as far as like a, a kind of like a power statement of what graphics can do for you, um, we were uh, at the time Clemson was recruiting a linebacker named Trey Lamar, and um, he was a he's very he was a very bright student still is. Um, he wanted to be an engineer, and Clemson was a it's a very you know engineer oriented kind of school. You know, you every, everyone knows an engineer over there, and so um, he he knew he wanted that to be his career path. And so, but he wanted to learn more about it and what the community has to offer him as far as jobs or opportunities, whatever the case. And so, um, I was asked at like 8.30 at night one night um, by my boss. He's like, hey, can you make like five or six graphics talking about the, um, the, the opportunities in engineering as a profession um, within the Clemson and Greenville and South Carolina area, really just in general? And so um, I did some research, had some facts. I laid it out for my boss. He okayed, you know, uh, like six of the facts. And he told me to make a graphic out of all six of those. And so I did and, you know, made it made it creative. It wasn't just like, you know, text and a picture and, you know, send it off to the guy. I made it very, you know, tried to make it very creative and stuff. And so we sent it to him later that night at like 10 o'clock or whatever it was, 1030. <laughs> and then 30 minutes later, I get a text back from my boss saying he just committed to Clemson. Oh, my God. And, so it was, and you know now Trey is he's the starting middle linebacker for for Clemson and he's been a, a very huge part for their for their defense the last two years and so that was something that you know I'm not by any means saying the graphic is what got him you know to Clemson it was just the graphic that got him to Clemson no obviously but he, hey I mean it, it it may have been <laughs> yeah and it's like you know obviously the the coaches do their stuff the the recruiting department do their stuff but graphics did play a role in that and I think. Especially when you had such a quick turnaround time from he got the graphic to I'm committing to Clemson, you know, I think that it definitely it pushed them over the edge to to come to Clemson and it just let him know that that was the place that he wanted to be. 
And it was because of a graphic that he got talking about the uh, different, you know, different opportunities that he had for him. So, you know, I think that it's, it's stuff like that, that, you know, really speak to the, um, the power and the influence that graphics can have. If you've got something that, whether it's the message within the graphic or the, the look and feel of it, the creativity in it, it's, it's all that stuff wrapped into one that really, um, influence a lot of people. Um, you know, like I said, North Texas didn't have a design presence before they didn't have a visual brand before. Um, so, you know, people didn't really, you know, unless you were really from the area or from UNT, if you were like me from Wisconsin, you might not have ever heard of North Texas. I mean, I, I used to, to get people asking me, you know, is, is North Texas D1? And it's right. like, man, like, yeah, of course, man. Like, what the heck? And so, you know, having that, that social media presence, that design presence, and then coupled with the, from the production side of things with, with video and with motion, all that kind of stuff, you're really able to form an extension of the brand that gets out to not only your fan base in the Texas area, but also to other people on a national scale where now they actually notice North Texas and they know what they look like, what their message is, you know, all that stuff. And I think it's a very it's a very powerful thing when you've got that um, that that presence in, in your athletic department. I think also, I mean, this is kind of a departure of what you just talked about. I mean, I love that you had such a really tangible impact on those players feeling welcomed, feeling excited about coming uh, to your school. Like that's that's got to be such a cool feeling. But then also just looking at the impact that you've been able to have and the impact that graphic designers have been able to have on athletic departments across the board, I think a big reason for that has been the ability for people to learn that kind of stuff from an early age and get get acquainted with it and all the ins and outs quickly and mm -hmm. sort of at your own pace. Like I think this is representative of YouTube videos and this whole kind of online learning trend where People, you know, if they want to learn how to start graphic design, they can hop on YouTube. They can watch a basic Photoshop tutorial, a basic Illustrator tutorial, and get to work on their, you know, at, at their own pace and develop their their style before they ever get a job. And yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think that is um, – I think that's got to be a big player in how impactful – this whole brand of branding, you know, has been on, <laughs> has been on athletic departments. Just the fact that people can get into it earlier, can find their style earlier, um, without having to spend years and years crafting it on the job. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. I mean, that's, I mean, that's exactly my journey right there. You know, there was, I was taking classes within a graphic communications major, but those classes were more designed towards the printing side of the, of the major, um, the production side of it, the, uh, you know, more of the like mechanical nature of it. And I wanted to learn more about the design and the software and stuff like that. And if I wasn't being taught that, which I wasn't at that time, um, in, in classes, you know, I went straight to YouTube and that's how I learned graphic design. And, you know, I still learn that way. And so when I get messages from people over like Behance or Twitter or whatever the case, you know, Hey, like, how do you, how do you do this? Or how did you do that? You know, I just, I'm like, dude, just look up, look up this, this YouTube video. If you look up, you know, Photoshop tutorial followed by whatever kind of effect or any kind of a style that you, that you want to learn about, there's guaranteed like a hundred videos on just that one technique. Right. And so, you know, to be able to do that, um, you know, to be able to, to have something where everyone can learn really whenever they want to, because there's obviously your beginner, beginner level videos, there's your intermediate, there's your expert level, all that stuff. 
um, to be able to basically just have no kind of prior knowledge of the software and then really become a pretty well-rounded, you know, student of the software within just a couple days, a couple weeks, even, you know, it, it's, I mean, it's very, very powerful and very, I mean, just overall, just awesome. Cause I don't think you can really have that kind of an opportunity in a lot of different fields, um, where everyone can, can learn just really whenever they want to. Um, you know, that's how I did. And that's how I still recommend other people doing it. Cause I'm a visual learner. So I like to, I don't like being told how to do something. I want to see it be done so I can, so I can kind of mimic that. And then eventually, you know, when, once you get kind of the muscle memory down pat, you know, the, the different tricks of the trade at the top of your head, then you become really, you know, a really well-rounded, you know, designer. Right. Yeah. Well, Brett, you know, I really want to thank you for coming on the podcast and giving us this really, really cool insight on the way graphic design has changed up athletic departments and how you've had a really strong hand in helping UNT shine on helping Clemson shine and just showing that something like graphic design can have such a really important impact and can be such a critical piece to branding and creating a voice and a style for something like an athletic department. Uh, but before I let you go, um, quick few questions. I know football's just around the corner, so I've got to get some of your game predictions super quick before yeah, we bounce. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, it's a big home game this year: UNT versus SMU. You think UNT is going to come out on top? Oh, I mean, <laughs> you know, like I've always been trying to play the PC card with different games, and oh, both teams are very, you know, formidable <laughs> opponents, yeah. all that kind of stuff. You know what? This this is UNT's time. I mean, it's it's a great time to be part of. Uh, the Mean Green Nation. I mean, we, we've done stuff, not just from the football standpoint, but from the, an athletic standpoint. I mean, this was our, our, this last year was our winningest year in the last 40 years. Um, you know, I think North Texas is really on the rise and I'm, I'm definitely grateful to be a part of it at this time specifically. As it pertains to just football, I mean, we've got a lot of players that are coming back from last year. I, I go to every single practice and I can tell you that they're, you know, they, they've, they've got something to prove this year. They, they've, they've been more motivated than, then I've seen a team motivated before. I mean, these guys are, you know, it's, it's not just the coaching staff that's leading them, but you see players that are, are taking each other off to the side during drills, you know, always talking each other up, hyping them up, but then also teaching them and critiquing their, you know, everything from their footwork, their form, you know, all their position during play, all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, we're, our, our teams are, our team's working really hard right now. You know, on paper, everyone stays healthy, man. I'm, I'm liking North Texas home game we're going to pack apogee for it it's going to be a great time and you know i think that's really going to set the tone for the rest of the season where everyone else on the on the schedule better better circle when north texas comes to play because it's gonna, it's always going to be a home or it's always going to be a very hard game to play for the opponents but you know i'm, I'm liking our chances God willingly, we we all stay healthy and all do what we should be, and you know it's it's going to be a special season. Wow, you've you've got me hyped up. I'm not even a UNT fan. Come on, I love <laughs> hey, this. Let's go, man. I've been ready for kickoff. You know, I love all sports, but when you know you get you get during you know during the the summer when all you got is baseball. I love baseball, but I need a contact sport in my yeah. life. I need football back. So I'm I'm getting excited over here too. Something a little higher energy. Yeah, exactly, dude. I'm right there with you. I'm ready to go. I love it. And then another prediction, this one, you know, kind of uh, in the spotlight would be UNT versus uh, Florida Atlantic on primetime television. How do you feel about that game? You think that's going to be uh, that that big spotlight is going to be tougher to deliver on or you do you really believe in that passion? You think they're going to bring it? 
Oh man, I, you know the the spotlight is all it's all you know lights and gimmicks and all that kind of stuff. Every you know it, it's it's not something that you focus on as a player, as a coach, yeah. anything like that. You just go out there every single day and you just play to the best of your ability. So I don't think the spotlight is really going to be any kind of a concern. Obviously, you know we played against FAU twice, once in the regular season and once in the conference championship, and unfortunately lost both of those times last year. But, you know, it's it's a, a, a different team, different experiences uh, going into this year. And, you know, it's a, it's a late game uh, in the season this year. So we're going to have a lot of things going for us, um, you know, throughout the season that lead up to it. That's going to impact, you know, how how the game is played. So, you know, on paper right now, man, it's 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 definitely a game that I think even from a national standpoint, it could be one of the better games this season. Um, both the teams are very you know, very strong. North Texas has something to prove against those guys, but you know, FAU, they're, they're the reigning conference champion. So, you know, they're going to bring it. So it's going to be, it's definitely going to be a, a great environment. I'm happy that we're playing it at, uh, at Apogee stadium up in Denton. It's a night game. I mean, it's, it's going to have everything that you want in a football game. So it's definitely going to be something that, you know, even if you're, even if you're not a, a UNT fan and just a, a, a good football fan living in the Dallas area, just come over to the game. Cause you're going to get a great one. I love it. You know, I might have to even just make my way out there for that game. You've got me excited, man. I'm gonna be, uh, I'm gonna be repping Mean Green. Yeah, let's do it. We got, hey, we always got to pack Apogee for these games, and I mean, it's it's a great environment. We've got a lot of a lot of things going for us right now, so it's a great time to come up to Apogee and and really, uh, really be a part of something special. Love it. All right, Brett, thank you again for coming on the podcast. I had a really great time chatting with you, and I think our audience got a really, really cool look at what it takes to be a graphic designer on today's day and age, uh, how you're bringing it, how you're trying to be different, and, yeah, just how you're trying to set that tone and set a standard for other graphic designers. So thanks again, Brett, for coming on the podcast. Well, thank you for having me. You know, this was this is my first podcast. So I was really excited at, at, at this kind of an opportunity. I, I, you know, I got a great passion for what I do and for the for the uh, the university that I do it for. And you know, just feel really happy and grateful and very blessed to, to be in the position where I'm at. So I thank you again for, for bringing me on. I had a lot of fun. Of course. Well, hey, for your first one, you did a great job. <laughs> well, thank you very much. I appreciate <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> And thank you everyone for listening to today's podcast. And if you'd like to hear previous Wildfire episodes or some of our other podcasts, you can head to marketscale.com slash industries and subscribe to previous podcasts, articles, and video content from your favorite industries. Today's featured songs were 95 and 2 for the Show by Space Cadet. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, you can head to marketscale.com slash industries for all of the music on Wildfire. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Till next time.